Welcome, everybody, to Trad Man. You're tuned in to the Quiet Storm. Mark and Jason are going to be keeping you company all night. Oh, yeah. All right. We're going to grow in holiness. We're going to make some love. It's the Quiet Storm with Mark the Shark on Trad Man. All right, two things. <laughs> First off, you're fired. You understand? I want your things out by the end of the day. <laughs> Actually, no. You know what? I'm not firing. You. I'm transferring you to the Tradmen Bureau in Eunice, Alaska. We're just going to mail you your clothes. <laughs> I just- I don't even have anything to say after that. Brothers and sisters, that is what our brother Jason spent his Lent doing. Okay, That's what he was working on. (sighs) That was pretty funny. (laughs) I know you, you, I I, I knew you had seen it before, but I just wanted to, yeah, you not to expect it. Yikes. Yeah. Um, I hear everybody. What was that? Have, I have no idea. That doesn't even sound like me. It's uh, um, what do they call that? Those uh, deep fakes. It's one of those AI deep fakes. <laughs> first of all, before we get started, I want to say uh, the first guy in the comment section, my boy Joe Stella out there in Pensacola, Florida. Shout out to you and everybody over there at St. Stephen's Catholic Church. Tell Lisa we all said hi. Love you guys. Talk to y'all. Can't wait to see y'all again. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. We, so, Jason, welcome back, my brother. Man, it's good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you. It's it's been what at least a month at a minimum, I think. Because yeah, I, I think the I think the last show we did was with the Cristeros. Was yeah, I think it was. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, you know, and like there was kind of an expectation that we, you know, we're probably not going to put out as much content during Lent as we normally do, and I think that, you know that's going to be kind of a universal thing. But yeah, because we got other things going on. But man, this Lent. You know what this Lent taught me, my brother? It taught me that I suck at fasting. <laughs> if I, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, dude, you better get better at this or you are going to hell. <laughs> I'm just well, like, oh, man. Well, this Lent, I mean. This Lent kicked my butt. I was going to say, I mean, I know we've talked about it's not the point of Lent is, you know, the fasting is losing weight. But but I mean, but you had to do something right, because didn't you lose some weight uh, during Lent as well from your fasting? I did. I did. I'm down 17 and a half pounds from Ash Wednesday. So praise be to God. But I tell you. And I, and I think it's important to talk about this because the I think so often we we try to rationalize what we're doing as Lent as some kind of a positive, beneficial thing for us, which, it, it, you know, we get those benefits and things like that. But, like, make no mistake, you're there to do penance for your sins. It's not about getting your – I mean, yeah, cleaning your house as an act of penance can be a good thing, right? But it's not so much about getting the closet organized, right? That's, that's secondary. It's – and so – I was kind of focused. I was a little focused on that a lot. Yeah. This lot, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it, it is about those sacrifices to atone for your, you know, to make penances for your sins and whatnot. That doesn't mean there's not positive, um, positives that come from that, but those are not your main focus or shouldn't be your main focus. You, you shouldn't say I'm going to fast so I can lose weight. That's your number one goal. I mean, it's a, it may be a good byproduct depending on where your health is, but but like you're saying, I mean, I should I I should fast for spiritual reasons, not not physical. Yeah, I think length. there's like this whole move to like rationalize everything we do. Like I remember hearing a few years ago, oh, you know, confession's great because you get somebody to talk to and you get to unload on all your problems and you get to confide in someone. And I'm just sitting here thinking, like, this is not psychotherapy. Like, why do you think you're going in there exactly? I mean, we always have to like rationalize something as something other than what it is because we don't want to seem silly or superstitious or that we're not in the, with the spirit of the council or, you know, whatever. So, (laughs) yeah, 
Well, I, I know we were talking a few days ago about picking back up because, like we said at the beginning of the show, it's been a while. And I know, I know, you know, myself at least, you know, I, I don't get on here and pretend I have everything together because even before Lent, I was struggling spiritually. I was struggling mentally. You know, I was having all kinds of issues. And, and I feel like though, you know, I stuck to my, my penances and, and stuff like that, you know, the, the, the fasting uh, mm-hmm. rules and everything. Yeah. I, I, I didn't feel as much of a lift from it because I was already feeling in a low place before that spiritually. Right. And um, I know that with me and you met uh, to go to confession on good Friday. And it seems like since that point in time, I, I felt, you know, an uplifting, uh, you know, spiritually within me, but I had also stayed away from confession for longer than I have since I've been Catholic. Not, not because necessarily I wanted to, I just had struggles getting two confessions for one reason or another. And they were all mental more than anything. It was almost like I was being fought from going to confession and that, you know, there were times where I felt like, you know, especially during Lent where I was like, well, you know, I'm not sure about if this was a sin. I was being very scrupulous as well. I need to, before I go to confession, I need to maybe make an appointment with father and discern this. You know, I was rational, uh, rationalizing away from going to confession when ultimately I just needed to go. And, you know, and I say that, say all that kind of get a little personal because hopefully other people can connect with that Um you know, that, that exercise, because again, throughout our spiritual lives, throughout our, our, our times on earth, we are going to go through those, uh, valleys and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I know you were there for me quite a bit when we were talking, trying to uplift me, encourage me to do this or go to confession or whatnot. And, and, you know, I, I appreciate you for that. So, um, but, but, but Lent, Lent felt the hardest to me this <laughs> year because, because of my, I was not peaking going into Lent. I was I was down in the valley, you know. Well, I, I think also, I mean, have a little have a little leeway with yourself a little bit because, like, it's not like somebody was fighting against you going to confession. Somebody yeah. was fighting against you going to confession. It's a real thing. Uh, I, I listened to the Exorcist Files uh, podcast, which is a great podcast, by the way. It's kind of really interesting. It's half dramatization, but it's also there's an actual exorcist Catholic priest talking in the background about what's going on. He was saying that one confession is more powerful than a hundred church sanctioned exorcisms. And Satan will attack you and try to keep you from going to confession. These attacks will be, will be mental. They will be spiritual. They can be physical. I myself recently underwent, I mean, I was just like, this is an attack. Every time I would get in line, I would become physically nauseous. Or I would be overcome by these really powerful, angry emotions about just everything that's going on in the church. Okay, that's why I can't go to confession. I'm too angry. You know? But it's always some little thing. And I was just like, man, I just, I just had to force myself to go. Yeah. And the priest confirmed my suspicion. He's like, yeah, it sounds like you're definitely under attack and you need to come back about once every four days, you know, for the foreseeable. And, you know, so that's what I've been doing. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, you know, it, it's amazing because when you think about your spiritual life, it's amazing in a way how everything is intertwined, right? Like, so you, 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 you struggle with scrupulosity or you're struggling with whatever. Well, now that's going to affect your mental state and in, in other realms of life. Like I know with me, one of the, one of the struggles I had was excessive worry, right? Like I was worrying about even stuff that wasn't even rational, like just in my day to day life. And those really drag you down. And, and really hurt your ability to thrive spiritually. It hurts your prayer life. And of course, if you don't pray, it hurts the other aspects of your life. So, you know, I, I came to the realization, which, which I, you already know these things yeah. usually, but, but, but you don't really acknowledge them until later, it seems like. But I knew that, you know, with the excessive worry, anxiety, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it, it was, 
really feeling like a lack of trust in God. Okay, so if something goes wrong over here or I have this issue with my house or whatever it may be, I need to trust that God will bring me through that, you know, uh, uh, because, you know, J Jesus talks about, you know, don't worry about what you shall eat or what you shall wear. You know, God takes care of the birds of the air. The, the flowers are clothed with beauty. And, and I think really the, the anxiety in myself and a lot of people really takes root when you try to put everything on your shoulders and say, well, if this goes wrong, what am I going to do? I can't solve this or I'm going to struggle when in reality it should be like, if it happens, it happens. I'll trust in God to bring me through easier said than done, but, but that's much easier said than done. Yeah. And you know, and you got kids to worry about, you got a family to worry about, you've got state of the world. <laughs> it's totally beyond your control. I mean, I feel like more and more and more, we wake up in a world that is increasingly beyond our control and um, learning how to surrender your fears to Christ is a, well, it's just something I've never, I, I should have been doing my whole life, but obviously haven't learned how to do entirely yet. You know, More and, feel about where I go. Yeah, and, yeah, and I was going to sure. say, I, I, I think that was, you know, part of my problem as well. You would put it off and then it, it would make you more anxious. I, I agree with Lou right there about going, um, going. I, I, I did want to mention something real quick that you told me and I didn't know, maybe everybody else knew, maybe I was late to the show, but when we were talking in one of our discussions about going to confession, you had mentioned that I don't remember where you said you heard it, but you were told one time that up until the point where I guess you go into confession, the devil or, 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 or Satan, once you're in confession, he doesn't know anything you say. So Satan is a pure spirit uh, like God, not bound by temporality or not bound by time or space. So he, so my guess, my definition of pure spirit would be consciousness, consciousness, not bound by time or space. Um, so typically Satan can hear everything you say, everything, you know, and, and maybe no thoughts too. I don't know about that. But the one thing I have heard is that Satan cannot, Satan is not privy to what you discuss in confession. He, he is not privy to that conversation. And that's one of the reasons he really does not want you going in there. Uh, because not only is it like an atomic bomb of grace, of sanctifying grace, it is a conversation with Christ through the priest that he is not privy to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so one of the things that I, I made use of when I was having trouble coming back to confession or whatever, um, or this, this great, long-standing tradition in the church of what are called extraordinary confessors typically and this is typically something you see in religious life so religious people who live in religious communities will often go to the same confessor all the time that's their confessor father so-and-so but canon law actually explicitly says that all religious should have access at least once a year to what's called an extraordinary confessor which just means a different confessor try a different parish Maybe try one of the different rites for confession. And actually, Jason and I yeah. uh, made recourse to the to the ordinariate this this Good Friday, this Great and Holy Friday for confession. And not to say that your usual confessor, who should be your parish priest, uh, is bad or he's wrong or he's doing something wrong or something like that. But it's good to get a different perspective sometimes. I think the church makes so much allowance for that and actually encourages the faithful to do that. Now, obviously, as lay people, we can go to what we call an extraordinary confessor anytime we want. But I would, I think in my mind, the way I look at it is you should have a normal confessor that should be your parish priest, right? Or one of your parish priests. I think that's the, the norm for me. Um, unless you just, attend a parish where you just don't have a parish priest that you feel comfortable going to confession to. And I get it. I really do. But I think that's supposed to be the norm. And then every once in a while, visit a different parish and, yeah. and try that. You know what I mean? I, I just one of those things, one of those techniques that I, I use, let's see here. What's going on. But yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know, 
we mentioned we went to confession on Good Friday. How was the rest of your Good Friday? Because I know we had talked about doing the life. Because near right. near me and near me and Mark, there is actually a life size life size stations of the cross at a Vietnamese church, not too far from either of us. And I was going to take my kids there and and do do that. And uh, you were you were asking, hey, I'm gonna yeah, I'm I was gonna, gonna along. I was gonna join you. We we got in line for confession right at noon. And so I, I was in line for about two and a half hours, I think. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, we, were, we were there for a while. So that, that's why well, I just cut you loose. I was like, I don't know how long. It well, be, so. I, it, it, it actually worked out better in a sense because Friday it was actually raining. It was really nasty here in Houston raining. I think rained all day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It was kind of gloomy in the morning. And then it, the, it was a beautiful day the rest of Saturday. And then Sunday was nice. Um, so that's kind of our Lord blessed nice, us with some amazing, yeah. amazingly appropriate weather this year in Texas yeah. that just put us all in the proper dispositions. Cause like Thursday night, the, the store, the, the clouds began to gather this sort of ominous feel just comes over the, the, the town, yeah. you know, Holy Thursday. And then this violent thunderstorm all night, Thursday night through Friday, uh, you know, Friday was rainy and cold and just gloomy and just everything. And then, yeah, Saturday evening, uh, right about the time of the vigil, the clouds start to break up and the sun comes through. And I just thought, yeah. oh, thank you, Lord. That is, thank you. That is so beautiful. Yeah. So like, but, let me, but let me, yeah, for the rest of my Friday, I, I actually, we took it to the house. We did pray the rosary um, together and then we, we watched the passion and, yeah, yeah we, well, that was our good Friday. So, so what we did is, you know, we went, we went to confession, but, uh, we got there early enough unintentionally while we were waiting in line that they did the stations of the cross. So we did stations of the cross while we were waiting in line. And then after, after that, we were going to go to the life-size stations, but it was just started pouring. Like we were saying, yeah. so we just, we just went ahead and went to Regina Chaley because I had never been to the three o'clock, I guess it's not mass, but come right commemoration of the death of our Lord. And I'm glad I, we actually skipped that uh, station of the cross. Cause we got there probably hour between an hour and hour and a half early. And it was yeah. already packed. Like I had to, we had to, and I've only had to do this twice because I usually get there early enough, but we actually had to sit in the classroom with the TV Mm-hmm. In the back, the halls yeah. were crowded by like we, we went to the mass of the Lord's Supper on Thursday night. And it's I mean, years past, it's it's been people out the door like they'll leave the front doors open and people are filed out. Right. And, and we I actually can't got there. I can't go to the high mass on 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 the holy days. I go I go to the early low mass because <laughs> I just can't like it's so uncomfortable. You just in there just, you know, well, and, y- you know, I actually got there two hours early on Thursday. We got seats, but I was, we kind of had to split up a little bit in, in yeah. the church there. And what, I, I hate to say it's an annoyance because that's the wrong thing to say. It's good that the parish is growing like it is. And we really actually need a new church. And, and I know they have it in the plans and everything, but I families can relate with small kids. It is hard to get there and sit there with young kids for two because two hours used to be plenty. Now I'm thinking I'm going to have to get there three hours early on these yeah. days to get a seat inside. Because um, like I said, we, we got there an hour and a half early. We, you know, we had to sit in the classroom with the TV right outside the, um, uh, the narthex there or four year, whatever you want to call it. Maybe four years Protestant. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, I'm making a I'm making a clip of that. <laughs> that was awesome. So, but yeah. So on Friday, on Friday, we I, I know I'm being scatterbrained. We went to confession. Uh, we, we did the 3 p.m. mass with the commemoration of the death of our Lord and Savior. Then we uh, that was like two and a half, three hours maybe. I can't remember which. We got mm-hmm. home. That evening, ate dinner, did the sorrowful mysteries on the rosary, and then I put my boys to bed. And I had my older girls, who are fourteen and twelve, watch the Passion with me. They'd never seen it before, so I told them. What was their What was their uh, take on it? I mean, your your typical 
you know, especially first time seeing it, you know, shock, sadness, tears and all that. And I didn't know this because I was kind of debating on my 12 year old if sure. I should let her watch it because she is kind of extra sensitive. Right. On, on these type of type of things. But I went ahead and went ahead and did it anyway, because I'm like, I want my girls to understand. I want all my kids to understand when they go to mass. This is why we try to be as reverent and respectful as possible at mass, because this is what our savior went through for us. Right. So when we're at mass, it's not a time to goof around, play around, think about other things or whatever. So I, w- I was wanting to make an impression on them sure. uh, w- through the movie, but I think it's also for all of us to see and, and remember what our Lord went through for us uh, visually. Right. Because we, we can thank these things, but there's nothing like seeing <laughs> did you say you ate i think yeah, maybe i did i don't know oh did i say it i don't know maybe, I don't maybe know. i did but anyway <laughs> and uh actually no did i eat on friday no i did no i did i, I ate a small i'm supper. sure i, I had ate a small supper no i did i had a bowl of cereal i ate a small i ate a, the only thing i ate on good friday was a small supper um <clears throat> and it, it was like eight or nine at night but um anyway <laughs> i lost my train of thought. but anyway so the girl saw it and, and i didn't know but my 12 year old she had actually closed her eyes during some of the scourging i think sure. the skirt i think the scourging is the most violent part of the movie i mean the whole thing is but man just just seeing the lashings and the beatings and and the flesh it's just pure sad- it's pure sadism it's just sadistic <laughs> yeah there's not like, you know, obviously the, the, the crucifixion itself is sadistic, but it has the ultimate aim of killing him. But the beating yeah. is just, I just want him to be in pain. It's like, yeah. Yeah. I, and um, I saw, man, I saw for the first time, just, just what a spineless, gutless little coward Pontius Pilate actually was. <laughs> I saw so many of our leaders in that guy, you know, he's got to put a pole in the field before he can release this, you know, murderer. And if it's more politically expedient for him to do so, he'll do just that. He's not yeah. really in charge. The crowd's in charge because they're the ones telling him what to do. So what do you really have? Anarchy. You yeah. have anarchy run by a coward. And I just thought, man, there's a lot of that going around. Uh- <laughs> you know, you know, while we were watching the passion, I was, through throughout it because i i was making comments every now and then to my girls about hey remember we read this in scripture or sometimes i would talk about typology or or, or whatever i don't know if they were getting annoyed with me doing that maybe i kind of killed the mood uh in some parts but i thought it was important to bring up the, the you know the typology or or you know hey remember reading this or this is what our savior went through just to try to give them things to think about you know yeah, um, yeah. A, a, as they were watching it and then went to bed that night, Holy Saturday was a, you know, it was a good day that didn't really do uh, much for the most part. We, we were going to go to the 10 o'clock uh, Easter vigil mass at Regina Chaley, but then my wife saw that the ordinary had an eight o'clock vigil mass. So she was like, man, do you, do you think we can, go? she wanted to go to the uh, Regina Chaley, but she was like with young kids, maybe we should go to the earlier one uh, and everything. So we went to that. I hadn't been to an ordinary uh, vigil mass before. I've only been to a handful of masses at the ordinary anyway. And uh, it was very nice. We got there two, two and a half hours early seats in the very back. Um, and we were still split. My three of my kids were right in front and then us in the back. And then the cool thing was at, at Our Lady of Walsingham, uh, for people that don't know, the cathedral is here in Houston for the ordinary. So Bishop Lopes was was the presider. Is that the right word? Presider at the mass? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. He was Celebrant presider at the mass. Celebrant. Yeah. So, so he did that. I think we saw maybe 10 or 11 baptisms. And, uh, but anyway, after they had what they called a St. Lawrence grill. So that mass was about three hours. It ended right at 12, give or take. And, um, they had like five or six, maybe, um, grills outside where Mm -hmm. people would bring their own meat. It was like a big potluck people were, you know, basically to break the fast and to celebrate and everything. And because the way it started is I had read in their, in their bulletin, the way it started is that parishioners there were like, man, after, 
after the Easter vigil, everything's closed. So there's nowhere we go to celebrate. So they came together and said, hey, let's have a, a big potluck grill together to celebrate our risen Lord right after the Easter vigil. So they call it the St. Lawrence Grill. And it was packed. Kids were there playing. Everybody was, you know, eating and doing everything. Very, it, it seemed like it had a very good community there at the ordinary. I thought, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I love that. I love that that uh, that whole. I can't call. I don't know. If I can't call it a parish. It's a cathedral. Um, but that community there, um, they're they're a really vibrant part of the Catholic Church. And we're really really glad to have them. Uh, so, uh, did you hear about this crap that took place at Walter Reed Hospital? I want to get into this for a second. I got to talk about this. Oh, they sent I, the friends. Can I? Can I? Can I pause you for one second? No. Yeah. That. <laughs> no. No. Because, because because Brandon just put this up. He says that he found the scene of Our Lady, Our Lord and Our Lady meet on the way of the cross. That yes. was that. That is probably the part that like I. Like I literally cried on that and I felt like my throat was going to pop out where they had the, they kept going between the flashbacks of, of, of when they were younger and what was going on and just, just seeing the great love that they had for each other in that scene and how the blessed Virgin didn't want to do anything, but help her son. in that, you know, that moment, like, like she did when he was a, a kid, it was just, I don't know it, that, 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 I'm like Brandon. That was one of the most emotional scenes in the movie oh, for me. Oh, absolutely. I think, yeah, for me, that probably is the most emotional for sure. Yeah. So, um, Walter Reed. Oh, so the Franciscans were served with a cease and desist at Walter Reed Hospital. Let me just tell you this. That is a clear violation of the First Amendment. The First Amendment of the United States protects a few things, and one of the first things it protects is your free exercise of religion. Before it protects anything else, it protects your free exercise of religion. And they have no right to do that. I hope that the, that these Franciscans or the diocese or somebody else has filed a damn lawsuit. And I mean, yesterday. How can this? This is the most absurd thing. Our wounded warriors, our Catholic wounded warriors were denied the sacraments yesterday. All over a contract, right? I didn't read the story. I just kind of supposedly summary. Supposedly the, de the department of defense outsourced a secular contractor. I really hope this is a fake story. I really hope that this is some, you know, clickbait BS because if this is real, this is, that is absolutely infuriating and somebody better file a damn lawsuit. And if they don't, Call me. I'll file. I'll represent you. You've got an elite lawyer in Mark Robertson. And, you know, we we, <laughs> we 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 like to joke with Mark about elite lawyer, but Mark has actually been ranked an elite lawyer. Apparently, he's a very good lawyer. So Apparently. Um, <laughs> no, I, I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm just saying for anybody that needs. Uh, I've, 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 <laughs> let me tell you something. I've I've always believed that everybody is good is great at something and i never could figure out what it was i was great at i found out some things i was okay at but i was never great at anything it's like i don't have any really artistic talent i'm not musical i don't paint i don't i don't have that you know thing uh built in allegedly <laughs> i'm very good lauren very good um but i i guess at some point in my life i found something I was good at and uh, praise be to God. So yeah. well, um, I, I know one you know. thing I had asked you when we were talking about it during our discussions was, is, is I know, I, I guess in a certain way, when, once you enter the military, obviously you, you are given over your, your bodily autonomy in a lot of ways and whatnot. You're saying, Hey, for this duration, I'm at the, I'm at the helm or the mercy of the, of the, the leader set over me for the most part. Right. So I'd ask you, I said, well, how does this factor into their first amendment uh, rights being in the military? And, and I thought you had a good answer. Margo. Thanks, boo. Appreciate it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So military folks who are uh, in the military, whether active or whether they're on the reserves or whatever are governed by what's called the uniform code of military justice, which is a little bit different than, the standard set of laws that the rest of us are governed by. And yes, when you're under the USMCJ, you um, your constitutional rights in certain respects are diminished greatly. Um, 
Let's see the mil. Hang on one second. I saw this. The military oh. archdiocese put out that story on their website. Haven't read all the way through to see what actions they're taking. So I guess it's real. Yeah. Um, but so yes, that's true. So like in the case of the military, let's say for example, in your First Amendment rights, which your First Amendment protects a series of rights, protects your 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 right to practice your religion. It uh, protects you from the state choosing a religion for you which is exactly what has happened here in this situation. Um, it protects your, uh, the, the right of freedom of speech, the right of the freedom of the press, and the right of the people peaceably to assemble to petition the government for a redress of grievances. In the case of political speech, I, in the, in the military, I can't start an anti-Joe Biden website because he's the commander-in-chief of the military. And so that would violate that there's chain of command issues there now i can be a member of the nra which is highly critical of joe biden i can vote against joe biden in elections i can do things like that so it's a little bit diminished but in the case of your religious practice your rights don't diminish one damn bit and so much to the so that if if you were to join the marine corps and you go to basic training they're going to shave your head because you're not allowed to have a unique haircut. They're going to dress you the same because you're not allowed to have your own individual style in there. But the one thing they can't take away from you is your religious medals or a scapular. They can't yeah. make you not wear those things. So if the Marine Corps drill instructor can't take your scapular off, I am pretty sure Joe Biden can't do it either. That is absolute crap. All right. And I, I even said that in my Midwestern accent. That's crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness what else happened? i mean i mean could you imagine you're you're a wounded veteran you're at the hospital for whatever reason it's easter you want to receive the sacraments they tell you no you can't receive the sacraments from a catholic priest but hey we've got this uh uh, lesbian Anglican priest who just said a homily about how transgenderism is okay we, yeah. can, we can have her bring you communion. I mean, could you imagine that? It's like, no, well, that's essentially away. what essentially has happened here is the, the military has said, um, yeah, from now on, you're Anglican because that just makes more financial sense for me. Yeah. <laughs> give a damn what what kind of contract you don't get to contract away my religious rights. That wasn't for you to contract anyway. I don't know why in the world they thought they could contract that out. I don't know. I, I mean, they're just they're testing the waters more and more every day. Well, somebody better be on if there better be a damn lawsuit. And I mean, quick, fast, and in a hurry. And if they have, I, I might I might file what is called an amicus brief in this case that goes to that goes to trial. I'll file it on behalf of trad men. Listen, um, you're using listen, you're you're using big words now. And since I don't understand <laughs> what you're saying, I'm going to take offense to that. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm going to take it as disrespect. Watch your mouth. All right. <laughs> so back to this intro, where do you get the stones? Where do you get the stones? Listen, I didn't, I didn't say those words. You did. Allegedly. Allegedly. And that you were not been proven. You allegedly during a live show told me, Hey, I've got a new intro idea. Okay. To be fair. What I when I said that I was under no and it was not evident to me that anyone would ever actually listen to this podcast. Well, then you underestimated me. <laughs> well, maybe next time I will overestimate you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> you have trained up, literally. What's you up, have, Ange? You have trained at least a thousand people on the internet that uh, how to Good. defend themselves. I've been thinking about a new podcast idea. Tell me what you think of this. I, me and my wife said we would do I'll this make together. the intro for you. You make the intro. No. <laughs> Actually, no. You're not allowed to do that. I don't want you making the intro. I don't want you anywhere near yes, this. Yes, that's a good idea, Lou. That's a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, Mark has actually made some really good uh, T-shirts and stuff. But how have you not thought of this? I don't know. I don't know, guys. We got a mug for sale on our website that says that says "Modernist Tears" on it, and nobody. We I thought put, that would sell like hotcakes, but nobody. No, no, no. We we that. need to we need to we need to revamp the mug 
to where yeah. it says on the back, allegedly. I'll do that. And say Mark Mark made this shirt, got it for me. It's got Our Lady of Guadalupe on the back. He actually, you've actually made uh, some pretty cool merchandise with Our Lady. Of I Guadalupe. just wish I knew how to market it and sell it. Like set up a. a... I know we Margo. We have a website. But neither one of us really know how to use it. See, we're what? See, Margo, you're. Young. I made it. You're young and vibrant and full of life. Jason and I are old, and from a generation. Look, Jason and I, when we were growing up, okay, if we wanted to get a song that we could listen to, the way we downloaded music is you would hold these two buttons on your cassette recorder and you'd wait for the DJ to quit talking when the song was coming on. And the minute he shut up, you'd push those two buttons at the same time. And that's how we downloaded music. Hey, I'm about so. to, sh- I'm, ab- I'm about to show Margo <laughs> our website. <laughs> Hang on a second. Let me, let me get it over on my other screen here. So Margo, here's our website. You can about contact shop. It's actually not a bad website, I don't think. No, it looks good. We just don't know how to like. Okay, so we're on Teespring, and, and I, I will. I don't like Teespring's products. I, oh, I, you're talking I, about for the merchandise? Yeah, yeah, for the merchandise. Well, I, I will say this: that we have actually had several people contact us through the website. Yeah, yeah, we have. I, I even it, wrote two articles two years ago. I was going to be a blogger. And uh, see, we it lasted father- for like two articles, and then I. I quit father capon <laughs> is on our website and we just i don't know, check it out margo i mean it's, there's not a lot to it but it's just tradmanpodcast.com uh, damn kids and your music you kids and your rock and roll music what is a cassette huh? well well brandon we used we we used to put the link in our description i guess we kind of fell out from that um Oh, I'm sorry. That was my bad, man. I, I don't know how to set up descriptions when I do these things. See, I'm I'm get I'll get there. Team, I will get there. How did I get started on this? We were talking about uh allegedly mugs and shirts. Yeah, and they were talking about something before that. Oh, the uniform code. Oh, yeah, Walter Reed. Man, we went off on a linear tangent. Well, there. Brandon, Brandon actually said he just read the article and that they gave the contract to a secular defense contracting firm. Yeah, that you don't get to contract that out. Hey, you know what? I'm not forced to contract <laughs> for the for the next for the next two years. I'm Episcopalian because that's what my contract says. Yeah, some contract. Somebody? No, 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 no. Jason, what's funny is you're Episcopalian because of a contract I made with somebody. I contracted your religion away. That's true. <laughs> so me and some other dude you've never met made a contract and together, and now that's enforceable. You're Episcopal. I, Welcome I to think the club. I think YouTube was trying to contract me into Islam for a while because I kept getting <laughs> Muslim apologetic uh, YouTube shorts. Because you go to Saudi Arabia like once a month, man. Yeah. Maybe yeah. there's more truth to what Anthony says about me. Who knows? I doubt. I if Anthony said it, I doubt it. I d- <laughs> <laughs> shout out to anthony shout out to avoiding babylon uh yeah so what else happened this lent oh man um this lent was hard for me because i you know how i usually say that like it takes me a week to like get in the groove and once yeah. i'm in the groove i'm in the groove but like i got in the groove but the groove was a hard groove man. it was like the ember days and that you know you got that what that ember wednesday and then ember friday and ember saturday and then you're back to regular lent it was grueling it seemed to me and i just thought this is just the basic this is like what normal catholics had to do 70 years ago this is what your grand this is what your <laughs> grandfather did at 45 and he didn't whine or like complain about it and i was like yeah i, I better you know get what? better at fasting you, you know with <laughs> With all this fasting and and penances and stuff, and how we're very lax on them compared to our ancestors in the faith, there's there's been a lot of stories about people. Margo, send us an email. Yeah, I do need help. Send me an email. Sorry, go ahead. Is she a licensed therapist? <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> I thought she meant like with the website and stuff. But I was assuming she was talking about. Um. Anyway, where where people are talking to Muslims about the Ramadan and all that, and people seem to be interested in their fasting and and all these things, and it's like it's like 
we have a history of this in, in, in Christianity. We've just fallen away from them because we've become so weak as a society, as, as people, myself included. I need to do better on these things and really push and challenge myself. Um, but but it, it, it almost seems people yearn for these type of things. They just don't realize it. It's kind of like a kid. Uh, when they're young, they they say they hate discipline, but inside, whether they know it or not, they yearn for those those type of things because they need discipline and structure in their life. Just like cool. we, we we probably need these things in our life more fasting, more denying ourselves in other ways. But we have, but, well, we, but we about, take the easy way. The thing about the Muslims, it's a false religion, but at least they have the religion part. We got ri- we we got rid of our religion. We got rid of it. We talk about the Catholic faith. What about the Catholic religion? The religion, the religion has become this dirty word. You know, people say, well, I, I'm, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. Like that means I'm the good, I'm the good, uh, you know, religious, but not the bad religious because religious is bad. That is the stupidest thing in the world. Religion is what gives us, is what gives life its flavor and its structure. You know, you wake up in the morning, louds. And then prime, and then and then rosary, and then mass, and then work, and then, I mean, we built a calendar. Do you realize that humanity wouldn't even have calendars without religion? Well, we just we didn't. No need. There'd be well, no need for so, it. You need well. You need to know when the Nile is going to flood and when the Nile is not going to flood. And the only thing you know is that the serpent god Toth is who makes the Nile flood, you know, I mean, you're ancient Egypt, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I, I just think religion is those things that people, yeah, they, they, they do crave that and they don't have it and they don't find it in the Catholic well, church. Yeah. The calendars that sounds well, rigid. as you know, when we're kids, <clears throat> kids typically do better, at least with some structure and discipline in their life. Why all of a sudden do we become adults and we think, Oh, I don't need those things no more. Because we, because modernists told us that we were so much different than what anything that ever come before us. Oh, Jason, let me tell you this place. This place, if you yeah, I'm gonna go take a picture of myself in front of the Gregorian Athenaeum, just with like just mid eye roll, just oh brother, you know. <laughs> it's like the Harvard of uh, ecclesiastical universities. Anybody who's anybody's been there. And it's like this bastion of just modernist dreck. <laughs> I just hate it so much. <laughs> we, but we need to put that on our merchandise, Gregory and Mark eye roll. Yeah, <laughs> mid eye roll. <laughs> but um, but no, yeah. What were we talking about just before that? I'm sorry, I'm space you, cadetting. No, I mean we're kind of out of the groove. Give us, you know, give us a little bit of a break. <laughs> um, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you were talking about how your, your Lent was, was hard because of, um, what were you I just about? felt like, I just the felt like, and- I felt like my grandparents were way better at this. We've gotten soft, man. I just, you know, cause I'm always, I've always been bad at Lent, but I always chalked that up to me, not really putting the effort into observing it this year. I really put forth the effort to observing like the Ember days. Right. Um, and then, um, the, not just abstaining from meat on Friday, but also fasting all the Fridays of Lent. I, I, I did that. Try to do a much more traditional observant, you know, a traditional Lenten observance. And it kicked my butt. And I was like, man, your grandparents would be sitting back going, oh, pathetic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just my grandma, my grandmother's is going to, my grandmother's ghost is going to come haunt me by the bedside. Like, <laughs> you're going to be okay. I used to do that every week. Yeah. <laughs> let, let me let me ask you this, Darren Lent. Did you go to the fish fries or any of them? I did not make it to the fish fries. I just this, there was something this, going on, or you know, this was the first year I've never done it, and I'm kind of kind of go off on a tangent here. But one reason I don't, you know, I, it was harder for me to go this year for travel and stuff like that. But even yeah. when I even when I was free, you know, because I've always volunteered in years past with the Knights and, and whatnot. But for me to, and I think other fam, other bigger families can understand this, especially for me to take my, my family to a fish fry every Friday, I've got to be willing to shell out 70, 
bucks, give or take, every week. Yeah. And it's just not feasible. And I know that it's a fundraiser for the night for the church, and it goes to good causes. But this kind of goes into a larger issue that I have with parish life as a whole right now, at least in the United States. I can't speak for different parts of the world. But but if you are faithful to the church's teachings and God blesses you with children, a lot of children, you are almost priced out of many, if not most, parish life activities because you just can't afford yeah. it. And, and it's almost like, okay, look, I know that the that the fall or spring festivals are fundraisers. I know that the fish fries are fundraisers. I know they all go to a good cause. I understand that. And I'm not necessarily saying they should be free, but I think that they should make it more accessible to larger families because again, Catholics will typically have larger families if they're following the teachings of the church in many cases. Right. Yeah. And, and, and don't even get me started on Catholic schools because only the wealthy or, or, you know, smaller families or those that, that, that qualify for assistance get to go. Your, your run of the mill cap large Catholic family can't even afford it. And, and that's, I'm not even talking necessarily about if it's good to send your kids to Catholic school or not. I'm just talking about in general terms. It, it almost feels like big families within the Catholic church are excluded from a lot of parish life activities. This is an interesting idea. Uh, and I might bring this up at our next council cool. meeting. That's a Maybe really good idea. Something like this. Yeah. A cap of 40 bucks for families of five plus. I mean, I don't know. And one of the things that that's really like driving all this is the cost of inflation is like our costs have gone up so much. And like one of the things you notice, we don't do tamale sales that often anymore. Yeah. Uh, because we can't get tamales at a reasonable price. Like we would have to sell tamales so expensive. No, but we were like, nobody's going to pay for that. And, yeah. and I don't blame them. <laughs> well, know, well like, what, what, what Adrian said there, I, I kind of told my wife was something similar to that idea. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was a lot more complicated. This is actually a very simple idea. Um, because again, I, I was, uh, you know, I don't know if you get the, the newsletter from the archdiocese every month here, it's like a newspaper that talks about what's going on in the archdiocese and everything. And uh, anyway, it was showing a bunch of the fish fries around and it was like almost everyone. The cheapest was 10 bucks uh, a plate. Some of them were 12, 15 bucks. I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> I don't know yeah. what y'all expecting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's almost heck. You might as well go to red lobster for that much. money. <laughs> you know, it does not, not that, not that different, or maybe even Papa Do's or something. I mean, yeah, for 15 bucks a plate. Uh, yeah, and that's, you know, one of the things that um, you will find is that um, people who are people who are observant of their religion, even, even the false religions, you know, I, I do think in this, in this world that we are in, the, the, the main enemy is, is secularism. So to that extent, I think we can do our best to maybe make friends with the people in the other, even the false religions for the purposes of getting over this hurdle. And then we can all go back to hating each other again. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, I, I, I admire the, uh, the Hasidic Jews and the, and the, and the, the, the Muslims Amish. who observe the Amish and the people who are observant of their, you know, their, the, who, 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 at least I know they believe enough in their religion to say, I know that this is, I want, I believe this is God's will for me. And that is more important than money because it's hard for people to live like this. You know, yeah. the world does not, the world has no interest in you being more religious. Oh, and no. so it, it, <laughs> and it's set up, it's set up to, uh, you know, it's set up to accomplish that goal. What is going on here in the comment section? Oh, Margo and Angela have actually. Oh, I don't get. It. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I, I thought you were about because they because I know they've been sick and they're. Oh, um, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. hope y'all are yeah. feeling better. Yeah, hope y'all are feeling better. Something was going around. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing that happened to me this land. I got food poisoning. Oh yeah, what were we supposed to do? And you were like, we were gonna go hang out because we'd been trying to right. go hang out for a while, and, and then um, we're gonna go hang out one Friday or Thursday, or I think it was a Friday. And and because of your food poisoning, you caused my spiritual downward spiral. Man, I mean, I prayed for death, and death did not come. <laughs> it was that bad, huh? Oh, it was bad. It was. What did I've you only, eat? 
So we believe that it was some bad shellfish from. Was your wife sick? Yeah, but not as bad as I was. But it's all we can. It's the only thing. Well, we know man codes are worse anyway. So, I mean, it, it this only was reasons. No, man. This was... no, no, I'm just saying it, it reasons. When a man gets sick, it's it's worse. It's just. It's just. I almost, sent, I almost sent her to go get the priest because at some point <laughs> I was like, I have, I avoided myself of all electrolytes. I can't replenish myself because one sip of water makes me just exorcist projectile vomit. Wow. And I'm like, I'm going to die. I was like, I'm, if I don't get some fluids in me, I'm going to die. Was this, uh, I'm sorry, was this before or after you went to confession talking about you were under? Oh, no, this like wasn't related under... to that. This was after that. This, this was, was after that. Okay, okay. Yeah, this this was definitely a, a food-borne illness. I mean, because, and then I, I was like just deathly, violently ill for about 12 hours. Then after that, I could stop throwing up long enough to get some sleep. And after about 15 hours, I could finally keep a little water down. And oh man, that was, that was money. That was just the worst. If you've ever had food poisoning, God, but the good news is when I felt it coming on, I was like, this is going to be terrible. This is going to be food poisoning. I've had this before and I was able to offer it up to the Lord. So hopefully he got all that. (laughs) A man's nine on the pain scale is a woman three. That's true. That is true. That is true. I would not, um, I wouldn't, I would definitely not compare it to something like childbirth because. Oh, it's probably worse. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) no, it's not. Jason making friends and influencing people. Um, And that is why Jason is Margot's favorite trad man. I am. Uh, She's told me numerous times. I've I've heard that. I've heard that. no, I'm just kidding, Mario. Um, oh, so what else happened? Um, I kind of quit. Like, I finally was able to get over my anger at Pope Francis for trying to send us this, this Lent. I, I was able to work through that finally and just put that behind me. And I what? think that's a good thing. Oh, traditional custodes? Yes. Is that what you said? Yeah. My, my anger about that. Because I was... I've been carrying around that anger for like three years and it was just poisoning me. And I was like, it's time to put that to bed. You know, I mean, the the thing about Irish people is man, (laughs) with, if, if holding a grudge were an Olympic sport, we'd, we'd take the gold. Ireland would take the gold every year. I mean, I, I I, I, I have a hard time letting things go. I told somebody one time, I was like, you know, I think in heaven, at least for the Irish, heaven will be divided Catholic and Protestant because I don't think we'll get along even there. You know, <laughs> I just, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, but yeah, no, I, I was able to just get through that and work past it and understand that the church is a mystery and I don't, I'm not privy to everything. And I also reflected about how difficult it must be to be the Pope. Just for a moment, right? I mean, uh, you you have inherited a, a job once held by Simon Peter himself. Um, you can't trust... I mean, you end up about lonely at the top. The only person who's above you in the church is Jesus of Nazareth. Right? So you got no... Like, even if you were a cardinal, you can always commiserate with your brother cardinals and be like, oh, man. It's being a cardinal business, huh? It is what it is. Well, you can't do that when you're the Pope. In fact, you better watch yourself because you can't trust anybody when you're the Pope. The least of all, the least people you can trust are the people who are in your closest inner circle. Because yeah. that brood of vipers, you know. Everybody's <laughs> vying for power. Everybody's vying for power, jockeying for position, manipulating what they want you to know manipulating your decisions, you know, trying to manipulate your message. It's got to be exhausting. So I've decided, you know what, whatever happened, happened. In my opinion, I don't think it particularly worked out very well for Francis anyway. Um, I think that was sort of the beginning of the end of his pontificate. You want to know my opinion, but. um, Hey, Rob, it's uh, Jesus of Nazareth. Now now it's Jesus of Lazarus. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I say I say Nazareth because we used we used to all be able to say. Jesus now I'm getting Christ confused and, on what the right way is. No, it's Nazareth. Listen. <laughs> yeah, Jesus of Nazareth. I'm going to make my own intro for next week. Okay. It's going to be a so. little different. Um, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I say Jesus of Nazareth because we used to be able to say Jesus Christ and all know who we're talking about. And now as a civilization, we can no longer agree who the Christ is. So can we, I mean, you know, I'm just trying to find something to have a conversation with, you know, language that still works nowadays. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, even if you don't believe the, even if you don't believe he is the Christ, you cannot deny Jesus of Nazareth is the, the most famous human being who ever lived. Yeah. Right. There's nobody, whether they love him or they hate him, they all know who Jesus of Nazareth is. And I cannot think of another first century Jewish carpenter in first century Palestine whose name we Amish. know. Amish carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Amish carpenters. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. What's what? Jesus of Nazareth? Uh, okay well you know it is what it is and it was what it was but i honestly think it wasn't a big win for him anyway i think um no the one thing the one thing i don't think anybody ever see he wrote this letter basically saying somebody you know you better let these traddies know they can't come sit with us at the cool kids table what nobody told francis is holy father they are the cool kids table now not you I mean, name it, name, name me a major Catholic media. Pre- <laughs> <laughs> they are great at carpentry, aren't they? Oh my goodness. Anyway, that's all I got for tonight. You got anything yeah, else? Yeah. No, no. I just, um, <clears throat> I mean, just the main point was to get back up and running just to have a free for all. Man, I'm nope. so glad you're here. Cause doing solo episodes, is just the worst. I just, I hate myself solo. Like I hate the way I sound when I'm talking to myself. I know, bizarre. I know we met, we kind of went off topic here at the end, but I, I thought the first half of the show was actually really good. <laughs> like, the second half we phoned it in, but you know, <laughs> yeah. listen, we got, we got to get an hour one way or another, <laughs> you know, but the first half I thought was really good. Listen, the B sides are never as good <laughs> as the A sides. Okay. Train wreck, but not as much as avoiding Babylon. Thank you, Margo. Thank you. I appreciate you. Um, I want to thank everybody for, you know, like liking, subscribing and uh, visiting our podcast, tradmenpodcast.com. Go pick you up some merch. Um, and we're going to make some, Margo, Margo, email me because I do need help. I do need help on how to do my stuff. I can't pay you, but if you could just like, if we could hop on the phone for maybe 20 minutes and you could just walk me through how to set up like a web store or something like that, that would be fantastic. Anyway, send me an email, uh, tradmanpodcast at gmail.com. I think I'm too retarded to understand what this means. I, I'm You're not sure allowed to say that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pretty sure they say we're retarded. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Joe, Stella, thank you for tuning in, man. I'm a lawyer, too. Um, so it's great to have you on the on the pod. It's great to have you as a guest. Uh, I don't do elder law, but um, I know somebody who did do elder law and actually just had an elder law, not a case, but like an issue come across my personal life or whatever um, that, you know, we had to get involved in a little bit. So it's really great work that you guys do taking care of people. So thanks for um, tuning in. I really appreciate it. Um, Thank you, Lauren. I really appreciate it. I just wanted to say that take care of yourselves, take care of each other. Remember life is hard, but it's harder when you don't pray the rosary. Jason, parting thoughts. No, just uh, hope everybody has a happy Easter and uh, hopefully you'll tune in next week. See you guys. God bless. God bless.